0: Welcome to Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. My name is John Bartlett, and I'm your host. Welcome to a special episode of Dog Save the People. You may recall our episode from a few weeks ago with Nathaniel Fields and Daniel Emery, where we talked about the Urban Resource Institute's wonderful program, People and Animals Living Safely, or PALS for short which is the first pet-friendly domestic violence shelter in New York City where survivors can bring their dogs. Now we have an amazing chance this episode to speak with Hope Dawson, one of the survivors who participated in the PALS program. For Hope and her two kids, their dog Coco has played an important role by being around to provide emotional support during a very difficult life transition. Hope needed her dog by her side, and the PALS program made sure Coco was with her and taken care of just like another member of the family. Hope, welcome to Dog Save the People. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: It is my pleasure. So I wanted to begin by asking you a little bit about your past as far as dogs go. Did you have a dog growing up?
1: We did. We had lots of dogs. Our last dog that we had, it was a very like traumatic experience. But um, Nimrod, what's his name? And he was like our, just our sibling. He was just another one of us. And yeah, yeah it was, it was amazing. So he was, a, I want to say Rottweiler. Whoa. I know I was really little, so he was big, like ginormous to me. If you asked me at that time, I probably would have said he was a great dame, but the no, <laughs> a Rottweiler. But um, yes, we had dogs um, and that's it. We only had dogs.
0: Oh, that's nice. I love Rottweilers. They're so beautiful.
1: Yes. So sweet, right? Like,
0: yeah, so nice. Mm-hmm. it really can be. So, and then my next question for you is, I know that your dog, your current dog's name is Coco. So how did you and Coco meet? How did you come to, uh, to meet Coco?
1: My kids and I were, I, I was going to get them a dog. I told them, surprise, this is what we're going to do. We're going to adopt a dog. I didn't want to go Dog. I was very specific that I wanted to adopt. So we were going to a lot of different um, shelters and, and trying to find, you know, a dog that we would like. And, and my son, he was kind of gung-ho for, you know, a lot of them. I think he just wanted a dog. So he's like, this is it. And me and my daughter are like, nah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. not our dog. But uh, so there was like disagreements, you know, and if one of us disagreed, it wasn't going to happen, you know. So we walked, we went to the, the mall. One of the department stores had an adoption fair happening. We went early in the morning and they had like, you know, all the dogs out, you know, prancing around, doing their thing, being really cute. And then they had a couple of them just kind of tucked away in this little window, in the window of the display. We were looking at the other ones and then we all walked over to the window and everyone just stopped. There was just this moment of silence and we were just looking like automatically our eyes were just like, and I can't remember if it was my daughter or my son, but one of them said, that's our dog. And the other one said, her name is Coco. And that was the end of it. Mm-hmm. Once they brought her to us and I was, because th- they say, well, you know, here, see, you know, let, hold her, see how you, what you feel like. And, and so we're holding her and I'm like, Paperwork. What do we need to do? Like, I'm just like, there's no if, answer, but this is it. And people are walking up, like, oh, and the kids are turning, like, no, she's not. (laughs) No, don't even look at her. Uh, And then that was all she wrote. Like, she was like a member of our family at that point, and she fits so perfectly. So I know it was like destined to be.
0: Oh, and I, you know what? My experience has been when I've adopted dogs, so many times they pick us. Yes. And it is, you can really tell right away. And How old was she when, when you adopted her? She
1: was three months old, only five pounds, four and a half pounds. I believe like under five, really small. So, so small. Yes. Now she's a whopping 15 pounds, but you can't tell her she's under 150. She thinks she's grown. I don't know what's going on with her.
0: That's a perfect size actually.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: So Great.
1: I think if she was any bigger, she would actually probably run the house. So her yeah. size it gives us a little bit of edge, you know, so we can keep her keep her tamed.
0: <laughs> my I have a fifteen pound and she's thirteen years old and she runs my household. Yeah. She has two um brothers, two siblings, and mm. she bosses them like nobody's business. Yep. Mm-hmm. They're bigger than her, but she doesn't care and now she's actually lost her hearing and she still doesn't care. She's still bossing everybody.
1: <laughs> I believe it, yes.
0: It's, it's the best. It really is. And they bring so much, so much to our lives.
1: Uh, yes, absolutely. And what kind of dog is she?
0: Like kind of like a Jack Russell uh, corgi mix, something.
1: You know, Coco is Jack Russell Terry or Chihuahua.
0: Oh, wow.
1: So okay. they're like distant cousins. I bet they are yeah. very similar in personality.
0: <laughs> oh, yes. I love it. I love yes. it. So, Hope, I know that you've been, uh, you You went through a tough situation, which we don't need to get into, but I know that part of your journey was that you were looking for a place to go. And I wanted to ask you, how did you find out about URI?
1: Right. We did um, find ourselves displaced uh, from our home and um, having difficulty finding a, a new home. And one of the biggest contending factors in that was that I did not even know that Pet friendly shelter was an option, right? Yeah. And so when it came to the point where I knew that we were going to have to enter the sheltering system, I began immediately. The first step was looking for boarding for Coco because I thought if I can find a rescue agency that will board her temporarily then that will give me some time to, you know, get us situated and bring her with us and and all these things. I just was like, I, I knew that she was the first step, you know, that I had to do that. And so I did, I contacted a local agency and they agreed to board her for 30 days. And during that time, we entered into a regular sheltering facility. Now the rescue agency did at that point tell me, and it was like in general, kind of in passing, there's a shelter that may be able to take you and, you know, your kids and Coco. And I was like, wait a minute. It was kind of like, it just was unbelievable to me. Like, hold on. What do you mean? Like, this doesn't make any sense, you know, but I am thinking, well, maybe they can pull some strings or, you know, I don't know what they were. I didn't fully understand. But I just, they kind of had whispered in a way, and I think they didn't want to make any promises because you never know if there's going to be room available or, you know. And so they just kind of mentioned it in passing. So we went into the regular sheltering system, and I actually mentioned we have a dog. She's being boarded here. They let me know of the shelter that might be able to take all of us. And, you know, and I had mentioned that, and they told me, well, it doesn't work that way. And uh, they wouldn't even take the information. It was like, this is what we're going to do. And then you should be happy that you all have a place to lay your heads. Don't worry about the dogs. Again, I feel like sometimes people are so dismissive when it comes to pets. It's like, they don't understand, like, it's not a pet. It's, this is my family, you know? And so as long as she's displaced from us, my family is separated from each other. And so, but I I think people just don't understand that. So that's what happened. And while we were in the regular sheltering system, the rescue facility did call back and say, okay, so the places, Urban Resource Institute, someone just moved out. They have your exact family size. They are able to take you and Coco, and this is what's going to happen next. And we were like, what? You know, so at that point, that's when the party started. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's going to happen and, and we'll be okay. Uh, and so that, that was our first introduction to Urban Resource Institute. There was a process. But um, shortly thereafter, we were we were on our way.
0: That's amazing, and yeah. So the program PALS is so incredible, and I it just blew me away because I had heard about this sort of opportunity, but that I know that it's rare and that it's not mm-hmm. it's not something that is uh, so widely publicized. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the fact that they understand this whole concept about how our pets are our family as you had mentioned Hope and mm-hmm. i was just curious like what was the feeling like when you when you were all able to re uh, reunite
1: oh and the PALS program is absolutely amazing like for so many reasons right not only do you get to keep your family together but then the amount of education that they offer once you arrive is just it's just insurmountable. I feel like I could use that word in, on so many different levels with yeah. Urban Resource Institute yeah. and the benefits, right? But um, specifically speaking on the PALS program, before Coco got in there, they had let me know everything that they had for her, for my children, for myself, and we went into the apartment because you have a space, you know, for yeah. your family. It's not a shared space, and so it's a home. It's a home, and, and you in a safe place, right, to, to land, and so. We entered in there and we saw this air and I like I tell you, Coco, like I said, she's fifteen pounds. She's she's not that big. But there right. was this huge like Coco's corner over there. She had like this cove. I don't even know what to call it. It was this like, you know, a lap of luxury, but they had everything for her toys and food and a bed and like just everything there. Um, that, that I could even, some things that I hadn't even thought of getting for her myself, you know, in the very beginning, right. because we were dealing with so many things. And at the time, Coco was experiencing a bit of PTSD as a result of just how things had transpired. It, it really yeah. did affect her greatly also. And we didn't understand what was happening with her. We just knew that She was extremely protective and nobody should just talk to us if Coco was around, basically. (laughs) That's just how it was because she was really protective. And so I didn't know the first step on how to combat that, what to do to help her to just normalize and to feel confident and comfortable and safe. And, you know, I didn't really understand, but immediately upon her arrival, the, we say like social worker or therapist that she had, we say it was Coco's therapist, but the the worker from the PALS program that was assigned to her was so attentive and so informative and really just walked us through each step and as we saw like coco was very like standoffish with her initially but i want to say within a day or two she was eating treats out of her hands and allowing her to touch her and we were just like amazing like, how how like, this is a dog whisperer but she helped us to understand you know um what we could do to help, you know, even just any kind of behaviors that Coco was displaying. And so the, the PALS program was extremely helpful in the process. And and like I said, it goes beyond just keeping the family together, right? It's about transforming the person, the, the whole family, into becoming better through this process and not just like, sleep here and find some place go, but right. how can we actually like give you the best possible scenario so that when you're on the other side of this, you've grown, right. And you've taken something away that you won't have to see this, this type of situation again, or, you know, but it's just like, they, they, they give you these nuggets that you take away and you absolutely can like grow from them and take them throughout life.
0: So that's it amazing. was, it was
1: amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, what did you notice about your kids' perspective and their feelings?
1: The thing is, I knew that there was a very real possibility that we weren't going to be able to find a place that would accept Coco. And and they were already dealing with so much also because of just everything that transpired. And I was feeling horribly guilty. And and I had all these these thoughts as far as what they were experiencing. I I didn't fully understand what Coco was experiencing, but I knew, you know, what my, my children were experiencing. And so I could not fathom having a conversation with them to say, Coco's not going to be able to come back with us on top of all of everything else, you know? And so I tried to have the bravest face I could, you know, in front of them. Yeah, we're just dropping her off here for a little bit. We're going to get settled. And then she's coming with us, you know, So I'm talking the talk, but at the same time, when we had to leave her at the boarding facility and goes, she's so smart. I mean, I, I honestly feel like she's like part human or something, something's going on in there because when we dropped her off and I said, you know, I'll walk her back, you know, because they have somebody escort them to the back. I'll walk her back because I was the tough one. Right. And this was right. just I was going to do it. So the kids didn't have to. And I I say, okay, bye, Cokes. And I walk away and she turned and looked at me with this look of like, she didn't try to walk behind me. She just knew she was supposed to stay there, but she looked at me like, please don't do this, you know? And that look, I mean, if she would have ran after me, I think that would have been one thing, right? Like, oh, she just wants to come. No, Cokes stay. But she just stood there. Like she had kind of resolved that this is what it was. and was just like begging not to go. And I broke down. I'm not gonna gonna tell you any stories that literally broke my heart. And so while I'm walking out and telling my kids, everything's fine. Everything's okay. This is just for a little while. You know, I am like in pieces because the prospect of having that conversation with them of like having to, to have that face, like Co- the, the experience with Coco, right? Like that last, mo- if that were the last moment, her begging in in his best way, like they have this nonverbal communication, right? To not go and knowing what I had done as far as like leaving her, like it just so I, I look at her, like when I when I think about the children, I do think about her also, but all of that, you know, combined, I didn't know how to how to how to face that, right? And so they were, I think. Because of my wanting to put on this brave face and tell them, no, everything's for sure going to work out. That's just what is going to happen because it has to. And maybe that was speaking something into existence and an affirmation that allowed it to come to pass, you know, but, and I was doing that because for my children, but maybe that's something that kind of, you know, brought it towards us. But, um, I was telling them that, and so they didn't really, I didn't really see concern in them because they just believed like, well, if mommy says it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay.
0: So for those who don't have dogs and don't understand, how would you explain to them why dogs are such a crucial part of one's family?
1: I feel like society as a whole understands the therapeutic benefits of pets, of dogs. I think where the disconnect is, is when you have a pet, and you are, it's more than just like this therapeutic moment in passing, but this is literally a member of your family. I just, I can't say that enough, but it literally is a member of your family. There's an attachment that goes involved, that that is involved rather, that when you talk about Coco, it's like, essentially like, she needs to be referred to as if he was my own child. So to say like, oh, there's a bad one, take her back. It doesn't work that way with children. It doesn't, you know, hey. not to say any child is bad, but I'm saying if they have certain difficulties like this, it, it just doesn't work that way. You know, having her here, even though she was sick for some of that time, that was even a good distraction for us to pour into her and to watch her come back to health and to see her stout, start developing her personalities because she has like a lot of different alter egos and ways about her and the way they love on you. Right. Anytime I come home, sometimes when my children are, you know, away or, you know, traveling and stuff, I have moments where I'm like, Oh, I feel so lonely. But then Coco's always, I mean, I could leave just to go check the mail and I come back and it's like, it's Christmas to her, you know, like the amount of love that you receive. It's, so true. it's,
0: like,
1: it's like, hi, um, But but um, there, there's just so much love. Like, I feel like honestly, everybody could benefit from having a pet. I specifically would say a dog, but you know, that's just yeah, me. I'm biased, okay. but um, you know, a pet, uh, because I feel like that there's, there's something that we as humans need that we don't always get from other people. Sometimes we feel isolated. Sometimes we feel alone. Sometimes we feel depressed. There's a lot of people that don't even realize they deal with depression and they do. Even in moments where I feel low, right? There's like cocos there and there's something about yeah. the eyes. It's those eyes. Oh my gosh. But yes, yeah. like the, mm-hmm. it just, yeah. Like what, can, what else can I say? They speak for themselves. Like, so, so the answer to that question is go look at a dog's eyes and tell me you don't know the answer. No, I'm
0: <laughs> no, no, that's perfect. <laughs> so since you've left the program, how do you feel Coco has continued to make a difference in, in your process?
1: Not to go into so much detail as far as like what happened, but our home at the time, uh, the safety of our home was jeopardized. And so Gosh. being that we were here, like in the sheltering system, you have a, a high level of, of security that you feel, right? But being um, in our own space now, it was a little bit different. We were a little more, you know, exposed. But I feel like having Coco for one, she is the best alarm anyone could ever have. If someone wants to throw trash away in the the hall, then she lets us know. She she lets us know everything that's going on in the building. Um, and so that's great. But also, uh, just having her again, just therapeutically, as we are still. Dealing with right the residual effects of what happened, having her here, you know, therapeutically is always going to be a benefit. It's always going to be a benefit to kind of distract and also help in certain moments. And so she's she's always an asset. I don't think that ever stops, regardless if you're in a program or you're not, or you know, it it it, it doesn't stop.
0: And I imagine I know that um, you know for you growing up with dogs, I know that for your children having coco it's this thing of they want to take care of her and protect her but then also she's there sort of doing the same for them and it's such a wonderful experience mm-hmm. i think when when children are allowed to experience and grow up with with a dog and it, it mm-hmm. informs them on so many different levels i think from compassion to responsibility and friendship in a different exactly.
1: way Exactly. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I concur on every front. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> so Hope, is there anything else you'd like to share with us or any any pieces of advice or wisdom that you'd like to share?
1: One thing I will say is just even going through, and, I, and I, I speak a lot about what we had gone through and the PALS program and Urban Resource Institute and what they were able to do as far as helping us in the moment But even after the fact, I feel like they're still very present and they are really attentive to, like I said, transforming the person as a whole. And one of the things that they were able to do for me is speak to something in me that I did not even know existed. I I wouldn't have even ventured out in this way. Um, but they saw something in me while we were there and they they mentioned it to me and kind of said, just think about it. And and I was first, I'm like, no, that's it's not my thing. It's not for me. And I was like, that's that's not me. But then as I settled with it more, I felt something in me tugging and saying, like, you have to do this. And so as far as even sharing my story and getting to the point where I'm here, that's something that Urban Resource Institute really encouraged in me. And when they did that and I got up for the first time, I remember speaking in front of this like, group of people. I was so nervous. But as I began to speak, words came out and things happened to where I was like, maybe this is a part of my purpose and who I am. And so that is something that I take with me. And now I'm able to travel through the U.S. and abroad right, um, to speak and share my story and not just speak to people who are survivors of domestic violence but who have experienced any type of hardship in life and just to help them to in that moment of feeling like this is you know i've lost everything right and instead of perceiving it as i've lost everything perceiving it as a point of i have an opportunity to start fresh and so i feel like while i was at urban resource institute I was like planted in this space and there was a lot of growth that was happening. And in that growth, I was something in me was produced that I hope to produce growth in others. Right. So it's like a tree. I I said this uh, analogy another time, but it's, it's metaphorically, it's like a a tree, a seed that's planted and then it, it grows and it bears fruit. And so if the words that I speak, as I share my story, touch anyone, I would hope and pray that that would produce more fruit that produces seeds, right? And then that person's seeds can be planted and then it can grow.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. And I just, yeah, the idea that um, your experiences there now have, it's inspiring you to inspire others and you're being of service in this way. And the the whole visual, the image of the tree is, I love that because the roots are digging down, the branches are reaching up to the sky. There's this it speaks to me and um, hope your name is so perfect because you're giving hope to so many people now. And I'm so grateful that you came on the show and shared your story and the story of Coco.
1: Thank you again for having me. I, um, I feel like these conversations are absolutely necessary and there's a lot, out there that we don't even think about until it hits our front door you know uh and 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 so it's good to get the word out that there are places like urban resource institute and these things are are happening the pals program and all this so that we can just know right um no, yeah so no. i i really appreciate you having this platform and i know you know we get to have fun conversations about dogs and i love that you know but then touching on serious issues also so it definitely is essential and necessary so thank you for your service in that way i, I really am honored to be able to speak um with you on this you know in this platform thank you
0: thank you hope you're amazing truly It was so powerful to hear about Hope's story, and I'm so glad she was able to join the PALS program, which is such an incredible and important initiative by the Urban Resource Institute. After hearing about it first from Nat and Danielle, it really cemented it even further to hear about the process from someone and the positive impact they felt it truly made. I know if I was going through anything like that, I would feel like I needed my dogs with me by my side. So I totally understand and can imagine how much a difference Cocoa made for Hope and her kids. If you want to learn more about URI and the PALS program, you can go to urinyc.org. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. This show is a production of As It Should Be, a content studio. It's made with the support of our producer and editor, Jack Summer. Special thanks to our composer and neighbor, Daniel Lampert for creating the music for the show. You can subscribe to Dog Save the People on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please leave a review or rating. You can also follow us on social media. You can also check out the Tiny Tim Rescue Fund, my foundation, at johnbartlettny.com. Enjoy a walk with your dog and make it a great day for both of you.